All right, guys, welcome back to the Mindset Effect podcast. This is episode 31, I believe. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, episode 31. Um, yeah, just first of all, you know, thank you to everyone um, that's been subscribed or, you know, has subscribed. And, you know, just thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. And, um, and just like we said uh, in previous episodes, right, like, you know, the whole goal of this podcast is to really just bring awareness of, um, you know, the mindset shift that's needed um, to, I guess, live a better life, you know, live a more fulfilling life. And like, um, we really don't want you guys to be listening to every episode. Um, just like we want you guys to be, you know, listening for inspiration and then just taking action on whatever needs to be done. So I yeah, just keep that in mind. Um, yeah, today uh, our topic is going to be about um, the mindset of great leaders um, and having that leadership mindset. And I guess the first point to address is the fact that, you know, every company either becomes bigger or um, smaller or goes bankrupt because of their leadership. Um, and I think this is so important because when I invest in stocks, um, one, of the, one of the pillars I look at um, before I determine if I want to go in on a stock is, do I like their leadership? Do I like their, do I like the, the team behind it? Right? Like, cause if, if you have a leadership that is just constantly making a lot of short-term um, strategical moves that, that really aren't beneficial towards the long-term, it's probably not a stock you want to invest in. Um, and so leaders definitely do matter. And I, I think one of the, like one really good example I can point to is IBM. Um, like at one point, IBM like was almost, like Enron, they were like almost bankrupt. But luckily, um, I think they appointed Lou, Lou something, Lou Jer, I forgot, I forget his name. Um, but they hired a new CEO to lead IBM. And like, it, like I guarantee, like it was his leadership um, that really focused on the customer and, you know, cultivating the growth mindset um, that made his company, you know, grow exponentially over the years. And Oh, another good company, uh, Blockbuster, right? Like Blockbuster, <laughs> like is a huge example of why they aren't as big as Netflix today. And, wait, does Blockbuster does? Do they still exist? I feel like they went out of business, but I'm not entirely sure. Blockbuster. Oh, they did. Yeah, so they ceased operations 2010. Yeah, so yeah, Blockbuster. Um, perfect reason why um, leadership matters. Like they're not in business anymore, and that's because like the leader they had the time didn't have the foresight to see that Netflix was, uh, would eventually become something really huge. You know, they stuck to the traditional ways of renting movies instead of um, online streaming. And I think that's, that's where they fell apart. Did, uh, wait, what, what year did you, did you see what year uh, Blockbuster went out of business? It's in September, 2010. That's when they ceased yeah. operations. Okay. So I don't, I don't think it was Netflix. I think it was, um, I'm not entirely sure, but maybe Redbox. Um, but like, I don't know. There's probably, they're probably no, a I think mixture it was of other companies. They had the opportunity to buy Netflix, but they didn't. Really? Wait, how, yeah, how their CEO at the time. They're pretty old, I think. Well, I'm Googling this. <laughs> Netflix. Oh, wow. Netflix was created in 1997. Holy yeah, shit. I did not realize old. that it was that old. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. yeah a lot of these like, companies like Amazon, they were created a freaking long time ago and they only mm -hmm. got big recently. So yeah, but it, it's really funny because people, they always, 
talk about you know you'll see this all the time uh on like how leaders should act whatever whatever but it's like you know it's always like dependent on like your company culture you know there are cultures um for certain companies where yes it's great to be nice to everyone and there are cultures where people will go in knowing that they're going to get absolutely trashed but you know you have a leader that's really pushing you because like you look at like elon musk if all of the if people like gary v are right in that the best business or ones where people are super nice, then Elon Musk would never have gone anywhere. And, you know, Steve Jobs with Apple would have never gone anywhere because they treat their employees like shit. Um, and so it's just like, you know, it really depends, I think, on that aspect. But I think with the whole thing with like Blockbuster, a lot of the leadership there comes down to like trying new things and innovating. Because you get a lot of leaders, especially in the corporate world, like, you know, my brother works for Microsoft and he always complains that there are like certain people who like will resist change, especially like the project managers. Because those are the people that are taking the risk um, if they try something new. Uh, so, like, if you want to build a new feature, they're more likely to say no because they don't want to risk trying something and it failing. Because if, if it fails, then they might get fired for it. But it's so funny because if you look at um, companies like Amazon, Jeff Bezos is like, dude, like, I've had billions of dollars worth of failures. He's like, you just have to try random stuff. And it's like, you never know what's going to be the next big thing. Like, you know, AWS and like Amazon cloud stuff. Like, had they never tried that, Amazon wouldn't be nearly as big as it is today. And it's like, same with Microsoft and like um, Azure. It's like, you've got to try these new things. Like, you got to expect you're going to have a lot of failures that might cost billions of dollars. But like, the reality is, is if you keep trying new things, they're probably eventually going to find at least one thing that makes up all of the cash for all of those. Like I'm pretty sure AWS by itself probably makes up for almost all of Amazon's failures they've had. I think trying is a solution. Like just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. That's not the solution. You're going to go bankrupt doing that. I swear to God. No, well, well, like I think a lot of these times, these companies, they don't take, they don't just try. They take controlled. uh, They take these risks, but like they know, like, if we fail, like this is how much I'm going to lose. And so it's really, it's more controlled risk for them. They know how much they're going to lose if they fail. And so they're okay with that. And so you have to just realize, you know, if I'm going to do something and um, I should, like you, you have to be aware of the risks of, um, not the, not the risk, but you have to be aware of the consequences of failing if you do take a risk. And just be aware that, hey, if I fail, like I'm okay accepting these consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like so. The reality of big big business is large corporations never go bankrupt because of competition with other large organizations. They always go bankrupt because of startups. And it's like you know how how do how did like Ford and um, you know like how did these other companies let Tesla happen? You know how did um, how did Google let Netflix happen? Like how did all of these other companies let these things come along, you know, like the predecessor to Amazon, like how did they let Amazon come along? And so it's like, you know, big companies never take out other big companies. It's always the small companies who innovate. And so it's like, you know, trying the new things and innovating is the best line of defense for a big company. Because like, if you get too stuck in the, oh, this is working right now, we're just going to stick with it. You'll have a competitor that comes along and innovates on something. And then before you know it, you'll be out of business because everyone will go to them. And so it's like, you really do have to try a lot. And it's like, you will have lots of failures that cost a ton, but you also might have things that do really well. And it's like, obviously there are some, you have to be careful about trying stuff, but like you should try to try more things um, because like you will eventually 
if you try and have things have something that makes up for the cost of all of the other ones. Um, Cause again, like you'll never get taken out by another big company. You'll always get taken out by startups or other small companies. Cause those are the ones that are innovating. Cause it's the innovation that'll draw the customer base. Yeah. Like we said, um, I think one of the previous episodes, like don't say try, just do. Cause when you say try, it's like sort of that middle, that middle line between trying and, yeah, it's sort of the middle line between doing and not doing, right? So don't try, yeah. just do. And because when you say you try, like you, you, like most of the times you're probably not going to do whatever you say you're going to try, you're going to do. So you might as well just start doing now. Like start, mm-hmm. like it doesn't have to be like actually doing whatever you want to do right now, but at least making a sort of plan to do what you're going to do, and then executing the next day. So at least yeah. doing something that's going to like put your foot one step uh, closer to the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I do think a, lar- a large part of it is just semantics, but like, you know, it's, I, I do think it's important, like, if you're a company or an individual, it's like, n- never say you're going to do something without actually like putting on the calendar or like on the to-do list or something. It's like, even like, I don't remember what the number is, but like 40% of things that go on the to-do list never actually get done if they don't get scheduled or something. And so it's like, you know, make sure that you actually time block, um, some you know an hour for whatever you want to do or something it's like you know when kevin and i had the idea of the recruiting firm you know it's like by the end of that day we'd already gotten started on stuff um and so it's like you know you've got to just get started and yeah it's like don't try actually take action on stuff but yeah and i think that's yeah, another we, big like thing. We, we also preach time blocking and we think it's a really it's a really great um it's a really effective way to um be more efficient at working and if you guys want to learn about it, just uh, go buy the book Deep Work by Cal Newport. Really good book. It goes really in depth about, um, you know, this, the psychology behind time blocking and the nuances behind it. So it's a pretty good read. Or if you're like me and don't like reading books, then just watch a YouTube video. On and watch the YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> or just start time blocking. Like <laughs> or just start time blocking. Yeah. Reading such a waste of time though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think one of the biggest like complaints about it is like, it's not flexible. Like you block this amount of time, but what if you want to, go over right like just read the book it's very flexible you can choose just read the book okay it's something it's, it's just flexible something that's really been important for me is like to schedule stuff way before i need them done so like i might schedule like three hours to get like a homework assignment done and like if i don't get it done it's not like the end of the world because i can just schedule another three hours like the next day or what is that term There's so it's term like for that or like if you have a due date that's like three weeks later like you probably won't do it until like the last few days or last week. There's a term for that. I don't know the term. Do you know the term? I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I just do think that it's important to like get stuff done early. Early. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so like, uh, honestly, this kind of ties back to leadership in a way, but it's like, I think from what I've learned, one of the biggest things to do as a leader is to really, you know, do what you preach and, also, something that Gary Vee always says is like, you know, never expect somebody else who isn't, you know, a leader to work as hard as you. But I do think you have to set the example. You need to work hard so that your employees are driven and pushed, especially like if you're, if you're working with like other co-founders so that they actually do own part of um, whatever. I think Elon Musk like, is a perfect example of someone who yeah. works hard and like pushes his workers to work hard as well. Yeah. And it's like, you've got to, it's like, even if you're not like, verbally pushing them it's like you've got to set the example because if you are working like one hour a week 
your employees are not, they're going to look at you and be like, why would I work super hard on this? You know, it's like, even if you're getting paid, they're not going to be as motivated. I think something that's really on Elon Musk's side though, is that he's got these big lofty goals. Like, you know, his companies have a clear why, which is, I attribute a lot of his success to those is like, these are things that you listen to and you're like, I believe in that 100%. I want that to happen. You know, like Tesla and turning cars to be more electric. It's like, that's something that people want for the environment and like getting humans to Mars. These are all big goals that are ambitious and audacious and that people want so to saying, see happen. And so so you're saying that the why is really important. Um, I, I think so. I, that's what I've always said is I think one of the reasons that Elon Musk is able to do so well is he's got companies that have super big whys. Like most companies, it's just like a, oh, maybe we're innovating on something. Maybe we're not even innovating on something and we're just starting like our own media company or something. And it's just like every other media company. It's like, you know, there's a big difference there because one of these has something that's like, I truly believe like this can change the world. And like you inspire people because of that mission. Like Elon Musk can go into a meeting and be like, I want to put humans on Mars. And all of his workers are going to be like, this sounds amazing. Let's do it. I'm going to be part of history. But like for most companies, it's like, I want to build this app. And it's just like, a, okay, cool. <laughs> like, you know, there's such a difference in inspiration there. But I, I feel inspiration is temporary. Like a lot of people, they can feel inspired by something, but they won't take action. How do you, I, how, do you how do you think I, that I, makes people take action on? I, I really think a lot of it is just words. People, people always talk about things being temporary. The reality is, is all of the stuff is a habit, like inspiration, motivation, whatever. It's all habits. It's if you get out of the habit of being inspired or being motivated or being driven, then, then it's not going to, it's going to be hard to get back on it. And it's like, in reality, people don't look at things as habits, but like almost anything we do is a habit, you know, waking up every day is kind of a habit. And it's like, if you want to, you know, I, I talk about this all the time. There's always that moment, like you sit down to watch TV. You have that split second of, you know, that you should go and do something else. And like that moment defines everything because like that moment is like a, I know what I should be doing and I'm choosing to either do it or to not do it. And you'll get in the habit of making that choice each time. So this is something that's really helped me is like, you know, when you have that moment, you're just like, no, I need to stay true to me. I need to go up and do something. Uh, or like you wake up early in the morning and it's, it's not just that it's well, hard to get out, out of bed. Dude, that's because you have like really strong willpower. You have like insanely strong willpower. Like, no, it's if, it's if, honestly. If we talk about the average person, we talk about um, a lot of our viewers. You know, a lot of people out there. Like they, if they sit down to watch YouTube or Netflix, there's a high chance that even if they tell themselves, "Hey, I should not be watching Netflix right now," they will still keep watching it because you know they don't have as high of a tolerance as we do. You know, so we have to be aware of that. I think it's not. It's not willpower. It's it's. This isn't. No, this isn't. This isn't something from from something like high dopamine, like watching YouTube, to something low dopamine, like doing like an essay or something. It's a lot of discipline. There's no limit to. There's no limit to willpower. It's discipline, and you build up the habit of being disciplined. And it's like Mm -hmm. the reality. This is what I always say: is like people look for shortcuts, or they use, "Oh, I've limited willpower as an excuse." It's like no. It's like you're just deciding to not do what you need to do. And it's like every time, it's like you know what you need to do. You are choosing not to do it. If you aren't rich, it is limited willpower. No, let me ask you a question. You're night. Do you make Do you make better decisions at night or worse decisions at night? Honestly, I think at night I tend to do better. Okay, 
I'm telling you, most people and I like they make worse decisions because their willpower is like pretty limited. Like they've used a lot in the daytime doing work and stuff, and at night, like like they're more susceptible to like more shallow activities, like you know playing games or watching YouTube because you know you'd rather just relax at that point. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's not willpower. It's just energy. And if you take a nap in the middle of the day, you're gonna solve that problem really quick. Like there are so many different things, ways to get around, like being tired or stuff like that or like having caffeine and it's like you know there, there's no, there's never a point that you get to where once i reach this limit of willpower i can never make a right decision after that like that's there's not a limit to that it's like a you are in the moment and you decide and that decision is an individual decision that you make each time there's no limit of once you get to this you can't do anything right because if that was true then it'd be like you know, every single person who works incredibly hard would like just drop off at a certain time. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. And, and this is, this is what's, what I would say is like, you know, imagine that you have a test the next day, like a midterm or something in like a math class and you can either sleep and get up. Um, or you can like either sleep and just like get up and take the test and whatever you'll be well rested, or you can stay up the whole night and study and then just try to take the test while you're tired. And it's like the reality is if you go to sleep, you have no chance of learning the information that you didn't learn. And so it doesn't matter if you're more well-rested and you can think clearer. If you don't know the information, you don't know the information. But like if you stay up the whole night, yes, you're going to be tired. You might make some silly mistakes, but you'll have learned a little bit of the extra knowledge that you need to know because there's no chance of me knowing how to take an integral or something if I haven't actually studied that. And so if I stay up, and I study that, I might, you know, I might be tired during the test, but I still will actually know the information because if I don't study it, there's no way for me to know it. And so I, I'm, Dude, I'm by totally default going to do it. I, I always prioritize the sleep first and then I wake up in the morning if I need to study, early in the morning to study and then, you know, take the test. I, uh, I'll, well, I'll do a I mixture. Think, let, me, let, me, let me just be honest. Right? I think all the studies point to the fact that if you are cramming stuff um, the day before a test, right? They say it's better to study a bit at the nights to get your brain primed the material. And when you sleep, I don't know what the fuck happens, but unconsciously, I guess, you know, those, those, those the material, the material you reviewed, like sort of gets like primed in your brain. And when you wake up the next morning, and start studying, it's much more efficient. And when you take the test, you remember more. That's just what all the studies say. So that's what they the studies. That's what they might say, but that's for long term. Like you don't need long term. Like long term knowledge doesn't matter. Not, well, I'm talking if you about have cramming. a test. The I'm next literally day. talking about cramming. When you sleep the day, when you when you study a bit the day before, and then you sleep, like your brain just get gets primed to remember a lot. Well, obviously, but I'm talking about if you're at the point where like it is that night, and you're deciding whether or not to stay up all night or just like go to bed and take the test in the morning. I would like, go to bed. Well, like, when you wake up in the when you wake up in the morning, you, like you can study much more efficiently. Like you are, like when you wake when you study in the morning, like your brain is just it's much more. Um, you retain much more information. Like you learn much quicker. Like yeah, but it depends in the morning. Yes, but it depends on like the time that you have. So like if you're like I literally can't take you know if I spend thirty minutes sleeping, then I'm gonna miss out on a lot of information that I need to know. Like then, like sometimes I've had it where I'm like pushed up against the wall where it's like, I cannot sleep at all tonight because I need to study. And it's like at that point, no matter how much sleep you get, you're never gonna learn the knowledge. Like you have to actually study it. And so it's well, like- Well, why are you even in that position in the first place? Well, yeah, exactly. But I'm saying yeah, like you if should, you, you should be, are not- you, Your first goal, should, your first step should be not putting yourself in that position. 
Yeah, but I think if you do, then there's nothing you can do to change it. And so, yeah, like, okay, I agree with that. Well, yeah, I've, totally never, went off. I've never, been, I've never been in that situation, so I wouldn't know what to say about that. Yeah, well, I unfortunately have been in that situation multiple times. I put so many all-nighters this year. <laughs> yeah, luckily, pretty bad it's for better health. Now. Pretty bad for your long-term health. So yeah, it's terrible, but like you know, it's kind of necessary for what I'm trying to do. So whatever. And honestly, you can it's be like, more efficient, yeah. Andrew. I'm telling you, you can be like way more efficient. I think you just you're like you're sacrificing a bunch of health that's not needed. You know. Honestly, it's like the the last few the last few years of your life are probably going to be spent in like a hospital anyway. And so I'm just like, you know, if I have to die a little bit early and it's like all that time would be spent in a hospital anyway, then like, you know, it's not even living if you're restricted if you're restricted to a hospital bed. So I'm just like, whatever. I would rather, you know, give it my all, try to achieve everything than not give it my all because I'm worried about health and then never end up actually accomplishing what I want to accomplish. But that's just me personally. I think it's just efficiency. Like you can work hard all you want, but you got to be efficient about it. You have to be smart about it. And I don't think working 18 hours, 20 hours a day, drinking shit ton of caffeine is a smart thing to do. I really don't. Think I mean, so. anyway, it, anyway I mean, let's get back to topic. Let's there get, let's there get back are to plenty topic. of, there, well, there, this goes to the, this goes to the leadership thing. You know, there are plenty of people who say that, but if you look at like Elon Musk or like Steve Jobs or people that do work 24-7, they are massively productive. And so it's like, you know, I think it's probably just goes down to the individual. Um, but yeah, it's because there are sure. definitely people that can do it. Um, but I think you never really know if you can do it or not until you try it and actually push yourself through it. So yeah, I think it's just, uh, I think every person has their level of tolerance, right? I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm not okay with me, you know, sacrificing a shit ton of health just to, or like three, four hours extra day productivity, I would not do that. So I think it depends on the person, right? Like a lot, of, a lot of the advice I give, like you shouldn't take it at face value. You should really think about it, apply it to your own life and see, is this right for me? Or try to, you know, tweak it to fit your own life. Right? Yeah, I mean- Advice is always catered towards an individual. Yeah, yeah. But I think the one thing that does remain true is like, you'll never get something without working for it. And so like, you can yeah. never expect to become, I don't know, a, billionaire if you aren't working to get there you can never expect your startup to Unless go you're born a billionaire yeah but like that's <laughs> kind of different but yeah and then so it's just like you know hard work is the equalizer it's like you know if you outwork other people you will you will do better than them um, okay i agree with that yeah so it's just like what you like, says if you work like 100 hours a week and someone else works 50 hours a week like you'll probably get twice three times the amount of work done as, mm -hmm. as they do in a given exactly year. exactly and there's such a there's such a misconception that it's like oh you hit this limit and then after that you just can't do anything productive and i was like from my experience that's very not true i'm pretty sure like you'll i don't know i look at every moment as an individual moment um but so i, I don't think it's you can't be productive i think the productivity levels are decreased so it's like the chart is like so the chart is like you start working in the day and your productivity goes all the way up to the peak and then once you reach a certain amount like three four hours of like actual actual productivity like the hours spent working afterwards um, are like at a lower productivity. So if, I mean, I think a, so if you're working at 100% efficiency after like at three hours, before three hours, after that, like three to four, five, six, like you're going to be working at 90% efficiency, 80%, 70%, 60%. So it's, it's, it's that concept. Not, not like mm -hmm. you can't be efficient. It's just like, yeah. Lower. Well, like, uh, the, like I've gotten arguments with people about it, but it's just like, you know, I see that, but at the same time, if I'm still being at least minorly productive, then I'm still getting more done than the other person is. And so it's like, 
I don't know. Sure. But yeah, so I think I think this all just like uh, ties back to the leadership thing of like, you know, you have to set the example as a leader. It's like, you know, you've got to work super hard if you want your employees or co-founders or whoever to work hard. Um, like there's no way to get around that. It's like, if you want people to work hard, you've got to set the example. Um, because, you know, nobody wants to work incredibly hard for somebody who isn't actually working hard themselves. You know, I think, I think I've talked about this yeah, yeah. before. So like, there's I this, think, there's this, you go ahead. Yeah, so I think, I think, so leadership is like really important because I think one of the biggest measures is influence, right? And mm-hmm. like, just because you're given a leadership role doesn't mean like um, things are going to like happen in your org immediately. Like if you're given the title CEO, like, there's probably gonna be a lot of people that aren't gonna recognize you, right? You, so you have to gain respect and loyalty from your workers and um, coworkers, um, and you can do and you do that through working hard. Do that through like setting an example for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the getting people to respect you is such an important thing about like being a leader. And it's like I think that's where like the whole like being nice thing comes in. But like if you produce insane results people will look at it and be like, he's insane. Like, I respect that. And so like, like you know, I think there are a mult- multitude of ways to gain respect, but like, you know, pushing out insane results, um, actually being nice for people and caring for them and showing them respect, all of those are like ways to, you know, gather the respect. But like, that is imperative to being a good leader is to have people that respect you. Definitely. What do you think of um, <clears throat> self-leadership? Fuck my voice. What do you mean? Like uh, accountability and, you know, personal uh, improvements, um, you know, like, uh, cause I think Michael Jordan, he, he once said that, you know, he works harder than he works harder on himself than anyone else would ever expect. And I think it's that sort of mentality that I think a great leader needs to have. Um, like you have to ask yourself, how do I make myself better? How do I constantly improve um, and, you know, adapt with the changes that are going on? Because so I think yeah. it's, I think it's really easy for, um, I, I think it's really easy to look at other people's um, blind spots, but it's so difficult to see our own. Um, I don't know why it is. Like, there's definitely a lot of psychology involved with that. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's super weird. Like, we can, like, we can easily um, debug other people's stress, but when it comes to our own stress or our own problems, like, we're just like, what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weird. yeah. I mean, I think that's you know, I think that's kind of that'll really like getting a handle on that can really increase the whole like respect kind of thing it's like you know people respected kobe so much because of how hard he would work because he could like tell what his flaws were and he would work on them to improve them um and so like i think you know you can't expect anyone to respect you if you don't respect yourself um you can't expect anyone to you know try to improve themselves if you're not improving yourself around them Uh, as in like a leadership position um and so again it comes back to like setting the example but yeah it's like utilize habits like this is what i'll always say it's like so much of who we can become is because of habits if you're not scheduling stuff like that's that's going to be a really big detriment i think it's like you got to get in the habit of scheduling stuff like in the habit of just getting up immediately in the morning the habit of working out every day at the same time the habit of like all these small things that you want to hit if you want to become bigger on linkedin set a habit of like 30 minutes a day just on LinkedIn to go and go through hashtags and comment on people's stuff, like engage with the community. It's like, you have to set up habits for whatever you want. You know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And when, see, it's these habits and the small actions that you take every day that ultimately can help make you better um, at whatever mm-hmm. craft that you want to get better at. 
Yeah, yeah, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, he would talk about, like, when he was trying to transition from, like, bodybuilding to acting, he would spend, like, five hours a day um, on, like, taking acting classes. And so it's just, like, you set aside time, aka time block, and then you do, like, you focus 100% on that individual thing for that amount of time. Um, that's, that's why, you know, that's why I hate time blocking so hard is like time blocking is super important for this is like, you just set the time and then you're like, for this amount of time, I'm just going to do this. You know, that, when I got good at coding when I was younger, that's like what I would do is like 4am until school. That's what I'm gonna do every day is code. And so it's like over time that really makes a big difference. You can't expect to just code for 12 hours and then expect to be amazing after that. It's like, but if you do it over time, you'll really, really build up. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, they, they hear this advice and they do it and they just give up. They'll do it for like a month yeah. and they'll see no results and they'll give up. I, I think, the, I think yeah. the key thing, yeah. So I think the key thing is you have to be aware of um, the expected time frame of getting better at something. Right. So I think, I think a good baseline is college student. How long would it take a college student to learn this? Like, so example, like program language, how long would it take a college student to learn, college student to learn Java and build a Java application, right? And give yourself the time frame, and basically you should be fine during that time frame of like, say like takes like, you think it's gonna take them like three, four months to actually learn this and build, a, build an app. Like you have to be okay four months that like, hey, this four months, like, like it's okay if, you know, I feel like if I, if I still can't build the app because, you know, you know, there's, there's that learning curve. You have to be aware of the learning curve and don't give up too easily. If you feel the mm-hmm. goal, if you feel like what you are setting out to do is worthy of um, actually putting in a lot of time, I think just sticking with it and doing it, it's perfect. Like, especially, yeah. it's like, especially reading, like, a lot of people, they think like reading five pages, like a, like a day, like doesn't do anything. It really does. It built the habit of you reading. And once you do build a habit, like it becomes so much easier to read more pages. I remember I, uh, I think like beginning of college, like I was, I started to read more books and books. And basically I, I, I would read like 10 pages like a night and it just became so much easier to like read more pages, you know, the next mm-hmm. week and the next month. And it's that habit helps you really lower the um, the willpower involved in actually doing the task and helps you focus more on the task itself. Yeah, I think you have to tell yourself that there is no alternative, literally no matter what. Like I've said this before, like at OSU, there were days where I would be like, you know, no matter what, I'm getting all of these things done. And I would go to the gym at like 11 p.m. and have to wake up at 2 a.m. the next day. And it's just like, you have to get yourself the mindset of, I cannot take an off day because like, you know, sometimes you might miss a day but like it, it I don't honestly think there's anything wrong on an off day but i think i think it has to be something that's scheduled because yeah, if you're scheduled. if you're like what ava said yeah. like you have to be okay like hey this day i'm not going to do anything if yeah. you're not okay yeah. with that and you just if you don't schedule anything like you will go into the day feeling like shit you will like mm-hmm. actually feel like shit yeah but like it's super dangerous to break habits like i've said this before like there were days where like if i didn't wake up before him that day two months later i still wouldn't be doing it and so it's like you have to set like like if you're going to break the habit for like it has to be like a day that you schedule and be like just for this day but after that i'm getting back on it because like if you teach yourself 
of, oh, it's okay if I, you know, don't get up early this day. Um, then that's, that's what's going to be inputted in your head and you're going to just believe that. And so from then on, it's going to be like, oh, it, it's perfectly fine if I miss this day. And then the next day it's like, oh, it's, it's okay if I miss this day. And the next day, oh, it's okay if I miss this day. And it's like, that'll keep compounding until months later, you've still broken the habit. And so like, you know, if you break the habits at all, it has to be scheduled. Like no matter if you're losing tons of sleep, like you've got to stay true to your habits because like breaking them once, you know, it breaks them forever. And so like, this is, that's why a lot of this, this is especially um, more important when you are starting out making a new mm-hmm. habit. Yeah. Um, I think, I think as you get more used to habits, you can, you can schedule, like you have to schedule stuff to, um, to skip stuff but i think it's getting more experience like even if you do skip it like it's it's fine because like there's a high like there's a high likelihood that you're still gonna get back to that habit yeah just because of how long you've been doing it for yeah and like, so I, can, can, I can skip i can skip going to the gym for like a few days i can still go back like after a few days you know? yeah like, there's no willpower involved in that because i'm just so used to going to the gym yeah but i, I think it definitely it's like that's something that you've got to really it's like keep habits on because like you know you miss the it's like you you look at these people who um make new year resolutions and they'll go for like you know two weeks or something and they'll break the habit one day and the rest of the year they don't go and so it's like you know you've got to set the habits and don't break them unless you're scheduling like you're scheduling like one day a week i'm just not going to go to the gym or like two days a week i'm not going to go to the gym or something it's like every other day other than that, like you've got to keep to the schedule and like actually. Not yeah, so wait. scheduling. So scheduling is important, but I think being smart about it is also important. And you have to, uh, you have to ask yourself, how can I make this habit easier for myself to do? If you're going to the gym. How can I make this easier to do? Right. Like, I think one of the things you can do is you can call up a friend, and be like, hey, you want to go to the gym with me at this time every week, and like just go to the gym with your friend. Like it makes it that much easier. Um, mm-hmm. And so just find ways to make a habit easier for yourself, especially in the short term when you're just starting out, because that's when there's a high entry barrier to um, start. Cause when you start a new habit, like there's always a high entry barrier because of how much time it's going to occupy, occupy or, you know, uh, whatever. Um, yeah. Just how much time it's going to uh, occupy in your, um, in your life. Yeah. And it's like, you know, just find, find the, this is almost like running a company. It's like, find the assumptions, like find what you think is like going to tear you down and then work to remove it before you have to encounter it. Like in the mornings, you know, if, if you're like in your bed and you're like, if you have your phone and that's how you wake up with an alarm or something, like your phone's like right next to you, you can just like get up, turn it off and go back to bed. So like put the phone across the room and like, you know, when you wake up, you have to get up, sleep in your gym clothes. So you have to go and uh, immediately to the gym, like, you know, like remove the things that will deter you. And it's like, you know, if you, if you need to grind for like these four hours, like take your phone, put it in in another room, like, or just like literally put it outside or something like somewhere where you can't get it. Um, And like, there are, there are also apps that'll help you with this where like they'll lock your phone for like an hour or something for you to work. I literally downloaded the one like a little bit ago and I deleted it because I didn't really need it. But I let's talk about leadership. Let's talk about leadership. I think yeah. <laughs> I think one, I think another important quality of a leader is um uh I think it's really important to add value to others. And mm-hmm. not just to your clients, but also to your workers. Um and this is where I really disagree with Steve Jobs approach, right? Like he was like really strict towards his workers and really um yeah, just really strict and he wasn't really that encouraging from my understanding. Um, and I think 
I think being a great leader like involves getting others to think more highly of themselves. So they do feel more confident. They feel they do feel um, better doing the work that you assign them to do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, it's, this is what's really funny is actually, so like from my time of running teams, I'll notice like as a leader, how you act will be reflected in how everyone else acts. So they will copy what you do. So like I've had times where if I scolded somebody in a mean way, from then on, the culture of the company would be people scolding other people in mean ways. But if I was nice to someone, then like the whole company would be nice to everyone else. Um, and so it's like, as the leader, you really do set the culture on things because it's, it's like you that determine. it's you that determines like what's okay and what's not. And it's like culture is super important. And again, like, I think you'll always attract who you are. And so like with Elon Musk, you know, he's able to be like super mean to his employees because he, he get that's something that's out there. So people Wait, know about mean? it. Is he actually, he's, he's harsh. He's I've never very heard harsh. that before. I've never yeah. If you've worked with him in a room, man, it's, it's, uh, cause my brother knows some people who have worked with Elon Musk personally. Um, and it can, he's very intense, but like, so it's, it's like, you know, if you put that culture out there of like, this is what we're like, and we're going to come straight, really straightforward about it. And it's like, you'll attract people who are okay with that and people who can like keep up in that kind of environment. It's like, you know, SpaceX works so fast because, you know, of his culture that he sets, you know, if you set a culture of, Oh, we're all lovey dovey. And like, if you miss this day or this work thing, whatever, then like, it's okay. It's okay. Then like you will lower the people's standards on your team. Like that is a fact that'll happen. Um, and so like, it really depends on the kind of culture that you want to set. If you want people to be happier, but not as productive, like be nicer. If you want people to be insanely productive, um, like you can really push them. But I think it will depend on the kind of employees that you hire. Because like there's the whole four-day work week thing that Microsoft apparently tried in like Singapore or something. And that apparently worked really well. But it's like at the same time, you know, you'll get other people who can do way more in seven days. And so it really depends on the kind of culture that you want to set. But as a leader, that is up to you. The four-day work week is actually really interesting. It's because I think the reason behind that is because like people like when when you say working eight hours a day, like guarantee you of that eight hours, like probably four or five hours is going to be actually spent working. Three hours just spent dozing off, doing whatever the fuck you're doing, like watching YouTube or something else. So I think it's that mentality behind it that like people can't actually work eight hours. They can't actually work 40 hours a week being productive. I, so think I think it depends I, I think on the person. The leeway. I think it depends it's on the person. person. Because dude, are you telling me you can work eight hours straight? Yes. I, I think you will find a lot of people who can, and you'll find a lot of people who can't. I do think a lot of it's discipline. And like, I guarantee you, Elon Musk, Gary Vee work all day, nonstop. Um, and it's like, sometimes if I need to, I'll take a nap. Um, and that'll help me be energized. You know what's but so like, funny? Like when we say work... We don't actually mean work for a lot of these people. Like Elon Musk doesn't, it's not like work to him. Gary Vee, like what well, his I work think, is, it's not, it's really yeah. not like work. It's like, it's like fun to them. Right. So I think that's the difference is like, difference. that is really, it's like, you have to find something that you enjoy and it's like, because it truly will feel like work. And it's like, you can tell if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll be a lot faster at it. Me doing math problems is terrible. And so it takes me forever to actually finish a math assignment. But if I'm doing like something in code, I can finish it a lot faster because I actually enjoy what I'm doing. And so it's like, you know, you really have to enjoy what you're doing. Um, and so trying to find employees or like, you know, associates, whatever, um, like that actually really enjoy what they do. This is why companies like Google and Microsoft try to hire people who are really passionate 
because like those are the ones who are going to be really productive because they love what they're doing. You know, my brother started coding at age 12 and he's coded like probably eight hours a day plus every single day since then. And so he's fantastic um, because it's never felt like work to him. He's always working on side projects, he's always building something new. And so it's like, and if you truly love what you're doing, like it'll be so much easier for you. And so like, you get a lot of start his own company. I don't think he, he doesn't really like risk, which is really sad because he, he is very intelligent, very, very good at coding. And so it's like, he could do amazing things if he would like take the risk, but he's just, he's just not super, you know, risky. He doesn't like risk at all. Um, and so I doubt it. No, that's a bad thing. Definitely bad thing. I feel like with his, with his talents and with his hard work, he could definitely make something. Yeah, well, like, it. that's that's the funny thing is, like, there are so many people, like, as leaders, too, who just, like, they don't want to take risk. Because, like, as a leader, you have to take risk, and you have to be prepared to take all of the, the shit that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the funny thing is, is, like, again, as we were mentioning earlier, like, as a leader, everything in the company is your fault. Like, if it goes bankrupt, it's your fault. If it succeeds, yes. it's your fault. And it's, like, you have to be prepared to get a little bit of attention when things go right. And then you have to be prepared for the whole sky to fall on you when things go bad. And so it's like, you know, 100% accountable. If somebody on your team does shit, it's like, dude, you're the one that hired them. So like, that's your fault. And so, you know, you really have to be 100% accountable for everything. And it's like, you know, th- nothing will work if you don't. And so like, you've yeah, got to human really- beings, uh, like we, we tend to have this tendency to blame all the things that happen on others on them rather than ourselves. So just being aware of that. Yeah. It's like, you know, don't blame the system. Don't blame your coworkers. Like blame yourself. It's like blame yourself. And also don't just blame yourself. Um, try to find out why something happens, right? Try mm-hmm. to debug the issue. Try to really go deep into uh, what actually happened. So yeah, it's like, you know, remove distractions, remove any temptations that like, you know, that really harm your day and like what you need to do. Again, it's like, if you want to be a billionaire, going out to parties every Friday night probably isn't the best step to get there. And so it's like, you know, if you have to remove friends, which you will, then remove certain friends. Like you're going, this is, these are, there are a lot of things in life that you're going to have to do that are going to be really uncomfortable. And it's like, it's good that you have to go through those, but like, they're not going to be fun at the time. There are a lot of pitches that I did with super intense people where it was just like, this is terrible. Um, it's like, you've got to go through them because like, if you don't, you know, but it's good, right? Like always, always the like worst first experience, but after it gets better. Although, yeah. It's like our first podcast was absolutely yeah. terrible. And like, since then they've been way better. And so it's like, you know, I, I do think it's like, you've got to be able to take a risk and you've got to be able to take all the blame for it. And I think so much of being a leader also is like, again, you have to have, you people need to, you need people to respect you and you need, need people to look up to you. Like you have to be somebody that they can actually follow. Like, I don't remember if you've seen Lord of the Rings or not, but like, it, or like, the, actually, have you seen the Hobbit? Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like Thorin or something, right? Um, and like he like takes down the pale orc or something. And like uh the dwarves are talking about it and they're like, that's when I knew that he was like somebody I could follow. And it's like Wait, how do you I still really, remember this? How the fuck do you remember this? I I don't know. It's just something that was interesting, I guess. But like and so you know, you know, it's like you've got to do something that people can really believe in. Um, because if you're just like, Oh, I'm a leader, even though I don't do crap, then like people are never gonna look up to you. I think this is why setting the example is so important, you know? And it's like, it's super easy for like people like Elon Musk to be leaders because everyone looks up to them at this point. And it's like, honestly, the best business magnates that I've ever seen are honestly pretty intense 
and people very much respect them. Like I remember for Mahendra, I, I, I've talked about him um, at Vora. Like there was a time when uh, Mahendra wanted us kids to go to some event, um, and we were going to a soccer game. And there was a guy that came up and he's like, please don't go to the game. Please come with us. Because like, he was like visibly scared because like Mahendra was so intense. It's just like, (laughs) and so it's just funny because like, I think to be one of the great leaders, you have to be a little bit intense Um, because every business magnate that I've met um, has been a little bit intense. Um, But yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I think, I think think a lot of that comes up. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes, though, from, like, being confident and stuff and your decisions mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the advice we gave today, um, yeah, it's, it's really catered towards specific people. Um, but you can also try to build yourself up to become that sort of person. Uh, and, yeah, just to, like, uh, touch on a few points that we – touch on a few important points that we talked about, right? Like, first of all, like, you have to have the mindset of self-improvement, self-blame really just being critical about your own errors and really trying to help your employees and not employees, but your peers around you um, overcome their own shortcomings, trying to make them better. Um, you also really just want to, you, you really want to like fill in the gaps of people around you and your own company. And um, yeah, just add value to others and put these principles in place and just, do it, do it over and over, and I think you will find yourself in a good spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, make sure to check us out on YouTube, because we have a YouTube channel where you can see our faces. You can see our behind, pretty faces. <laughs> yes, behind these voices. Yeah. Um, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher, and other major podcasting platforms. And also just give us a review, right? Like, um, if you guys like what we're saying, like, tell us what you like about it. Um, if you don't like give us a review and tell us like what you don't like about it because we're all trying to improve and, um, yeah, feedback definitely helps. So yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah, peeps. <laughs>